said, we'll see how those first five throws go. I said, as long as I make the cut, those next five throws, if I have to, you know, put a whole lot into it and end up with a little injury, then so be it. But mm-hmm. I'm going to give it everything <laughs> I got. you're spot on with that because I would be like oh yeah that's that's Sonny uh, that's Austin that's <laughs> yeah. I knew who these people were even though I'd never had a conversation with them uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that was kind of cool it was a very very close community You are listening to the Future of the Fairway podcast with Adam Copeland. Thank you again for tuning in. I hope everyone was able to enjoy a nice Labor Day weekend. Uh, my family and I did. Uh, one of the things that we did was go out to Massanutten and uh, play around at Woodstone Meadows uh, via the team format that's going to be utilized at the Virginia Fling Golf Open uh, in October. Uh, and it went pretty well. Uh, Kathy and Latham teamed up uh, to beat Gwendolyn and me uh, by a few strokes, which meant that they got the right to pick dessert for dinner uh, that evening, which really made us all winners. So uh, we had a really good time and uh, are hoping that uh, you uh, have already registered. And if not, you are getting ready to register for the Virginia Fling Golf Open. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun. So let's get into today's podcast. I'm really excited that you're here uh, today. Uh, I am joined by Brooks Medford, the longest fling shot champion. Um, Brooks is from Rutherford County, North Carolina. He was also a top 10 finisher in the New Swarm Open uh, in stroke play uh, to go along with his uh, longest fling championship of 220 yards. Um, Brooks works with the Robert and Janice McNair Education Foundation, which we get to hear about today, and I've linked to in the description, so be sure you go and check that out. Uh, You'll probably need to turn up your audio a little bit today, uh, mostly because I'm a pretty soft-spoken with my questions as I was listening to this, and I really couldn't um, add or turn up my um, volume levels too much in post-production, so apologies for that. However, you will be able to hear Brooks uh, pretty well, and like I keep saying, you're really going to enjoy this. Uh, His insights and his thoughtfulness really shine through. So uh, without further ado, let's hear from Brooks. Cool. Well, Brooks, thanks for joining me. Thanks for um, uh, for doing this. Uh, would love for you to start out with um, a, an introduction of yourself, uh, who you are, where you're from, uh, and you know what's your fling golf origin story. Yeah. So, uh, name is Brooks Medford. Uh, I am from Rutherford County, North Carolina, which is just a little small town in the foothills of the North Carolina mountains. Um, I started. So I started playing fling golf. I guess just a little over two years ago at this point, uh, really don't 100% remember how I found out about it. I just sort of stumbled across it one day on like an ad or something probably. Um, okay. And then over the course of like the next couple of weeks, I kept, I kept going back to it. And I was like, every time I was like, man, this looks so fun. Like this looks, <laughs> this looks so fun. Uh, uh-huh. And then I finally, I I had showed it to some of my coworkers and one of my other coworkers, we were finally just like, let's just do it. Let's just buy one and see what it's like. And then we've, we've been pretty hooked ever since then. That's awesome. Were you, uh, were you a golf uh, previously? I I play golf. I still play golf sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, 
just with some friends. I have uh, my dad likes to play golf, so I'll go play with him. And I have some other friends that mm-hmm. like to play. So every now and then, I'll I'll still break the clubs out and play with them. But I definitely play way more fling golf. Uh, but I was never. I just started golfing with any kind of regularity, probably like maybe for about three years prior to starting fling golf. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a, a long history of playing traditional golf. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what were, uh, what were some of the sports you grew up playing? Uh, grew up playing mostly baseball, a little bit of basketball. Okay. Uh, as far as organized sports go, we played a little mm-hmm. bit of anything we could get a hold of just, you know, as kids, football in the yard or whatever it may be. For my entire life, all the way through high school, uh, I was a baseball player. Okay. All right. What position? Uh, first base and pitch. Okay. All right. Cool. Very cool. And um, have you, um, did you find that uh, that background or some of the videos you watched were kind of helpful into you picking up fling golf when you first started? I do think so for sure. Uh, and when I take people that I know, like used to play baseball or that I've played with mm-hmm. growing up and let them try fling golf. When I try to explain to them like how I throw it, I tell them that it's really the exact same process of I had a baseball in the outfield and I was trying to throw a guy out at home. Like my mm-hmm. body is pretty mm-hmm. much doing all of the same exact things that I would do to throw that baseball when I'm throwing the fling stick. Obviously your arms are a little different because you have two hands on a stick, but Every, right. Everything else, all the rest of the mechanics are exactly the same for how I throw it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Would you say that you're more of a, an overhand thrower? I definitely, most of my stuff is overhand uh, mm-hmm. and side course, obviously, for the closer shots. I don't, mm-hmm. so the closer shots, I've never been a really huge fan of the of the straight overhead flop shot. I, it just never, okay. Yeah. It was never one I felt super comfortable with. So mm-hmm. you're a pretty tall guy and you got long arms. That, that's a lot of height that you've got to manage for, yeah. uh, uh, for those, for those shots too. It, it, um, it is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, um, how, how was it? Um, Getting a stick, uh, going out with a friend. Uh, did y'all have some courses around you that were um, were open to it, or did y'all just start playing and uh, kind of let it let the chips fall where they may? Well, the course that I played most of my traditional golf at, anyways, uh, I know the guy that runs the golf course there. So mm-hmm. when we got mm-hmm. the sticks, we the first time we went and played, that was obviously where we were going to go first because I knew I knew at that course I could just walk into the clubhouse and tell Jeff yeah, yeah. that, hey, we just got these new things. It's called fling golf. We want to try it out. And his response was, cool, $18. <laughs> so they're a, they're a real laid-back, easygoing bunch the- over there. So I knew we wouldn't have any issues getting on that course. Yeah. What's the name of the course? Uh, just for, so the listeners uh, can can know and maybe maybe come and visit. Yeah, the name of the course is Dogwood Valley Golf Course. It's in uh, Sandy Mush, North Carolina. Okay, so um, do you um, 
we were talking uh, before we started recording. Um, you've been doing a bit of uh, travel uh, for work. Have you um, have you traveled uh, with your fling stick uh, and tried other golf courses? I have not yet. We tossed around the idea of doing that on this trip because mm -hmm. there are two other people that I work with who uh, one of them is the guy that we got the fling sticks at the same time. The other one shortly after okay. we got ours decided to get his fling stick. Um, once we looked at the schedule of everything that we had going on, we just didn't really have time to pull that off on this trip, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what you do for work? What's the what's the day job when you're um, when you're not uh, working towards uh, like I think a lot of us are, are trying to get to to the, uh, the professional fling golf status. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it is a little it is a little uh, it's kind of a tough thing to explain. Uh, so I work for a nonprofit called the Robert and Janice McNair Educational Foundation. Uh, okay. Robert McNair, who was the founder of the Houston Texans. Yeah, he, yeah, I knew that name sounded familiar. Yeah, he is from uh, my hometown and decided that he wanted to give back to the community he grew up in. And mm -hmm. so he and some other local people from Rutherford County got together and they founded this organization back in 1989. Uh, mm -hmm. And so what we do is is referred to as college access. So basically all that means mm -hmm. is yeah. that our job is to try to make the students in our county as informed and aware as possible about what their different options are post high school, whether it's mm -hmm. getting a four-year degree, going to the military, trade school, we're, we're all for all mm -hmm. of it. Uh, mm -hmm. We're just there to support whatever it is they want to do and then sort of try to help them sort of show them this is what you will have to do to become that. If you want to be an electrician, this is how you become that. If you mm -hmm. want to be an engineer, this is how you become that. Uh, that's sort of the general gist mm -hmm. of what we do. Uh, and we also have some scholarship programs. Uh, we give away mm -hmm. a little over a million dollars in scholarship money every year to students in Rutherford County. That's incredible. That sounds like awesome work. It, it really, it is, it is a, a great job. I love it very much. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah. I, well, I, for the rest of the fling golfers out there, I'll say you, you keep your day job. Um, you don't need to get on the course too much. Um, <laughs> um, how did you, uh, how did you come to, uh, to work for the foundation? Um, well, it, it sort of just fell into my lap uh, mm -hmm. in some regards. I was a teacher prior to this. I taught uh, high school and middle school for a total of about five years, just shy of five mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. um, and I got to a point where I was ready to transition to something else. Uh, mm -hmm. I pretty much decided like at the, I'm going to finish out this school year. At the end of this school year, I'm going to see what my other options are and, you know, try something different. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was, didn't know what I was going to try driving down the road one day, <laughs> just on like a random Saturday or Sunday. Uh, I passed one of my buddies. He threw his hand out the window. Mm -hmm. I threw mine back at him. 
and he was already actually working for the foundation. And okay. when I passed him, I was like, man, I need to call him and just, you know, let him know if they have anything come open, mm-hmm. give me a call. I, I would be interested in maybe, in maybe doing that because I, the, the hardest part about making the decision to get out of it was losing that connection with the students uh, and not knowing if I would yeah. be able to still mm-hmm. like be involved with coaching or anything like that. Uh, so I didn't call him. I just had the thought I need to call him. And <laughs> two days later he called me and said, Hey, you think you'd be interested in working further McNair? So it, oh, wow. it just sort of, uh, everything just sort of lined up like it was supposed uh-huh, to. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, I, I interviewed and I, I never looked back. I do not regret the decision one bit because now uh-huh. I still get all of the good things about being a teacher, like all the best parts of it, like getting to be mm-hmm. around young people and you know, try to help them achieve the things they want to achieve. Uh, I just don't have to deal with any of the, like the things that teachers hate having to deal with. I don't have to do any of that anymore. Yeah. So I get the best part. No grading, no paperwork. No. Oh, wow. None of that, that's yeah. so, uh, that's so cool. Well, that's uh, that's real cool. We'll, we'll be sure to um, uh, grab the information and uh, put a link on uh, this episode to, um, to that foundation. So folks can find out uh, even more. Uh, sounds like really, really cool stuff that uh, y'all are getting to do. Um, so uh, let's see, I want to talk about the, um, the tournament. So this is going to be airing sometime after um, uh, the tournament's being shown on ESPN. So uh, hopefully folks listening uh, are not tired of me referencing that. Uh, this is being recorded in July. Um, but uh, I'd, li- I'd love to know, you know, what was it that um, sparked your interest in signing up? Um, and uh, what were your expectations going into it? Yeah, so as soon as they posted that they were doing the tournament, I immediately was like, this is fantastic. Like mm-hmm. we've got to do this. Uh, and so I had been talking to two of the guys that I play most of my fling golf with, uh, and they were excited that it was happening, but a little more reluctant about the idea of actually making the trip mm-hmm. all the way up to Delaware. So, mm-hmm. Uh, nine-hour drive from where we yeah, were. Yeah, a hole for you guys. Uh, and so at some point, I didn't jump right in on it because I was trying to see if they were going to do it because I wasn't trying to make the drive all by myself. Uh, mm-hmm. And they eventually decided that they weren't going to do it. They were going to just not do it this time. And then I was talking to my dad and my uncle one night, uh, we were just hanging out and dad had asked me something about it. And I said, I don't think we're going to play in it. Uh, the other guys aren't going to be able to, or, or, you know, not sure that they actually want to make the jump and commit to it. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so dad was like, me and James will go with you Just sign up for it. And oh, so then my uncle was like, yeah, we can make a guys weekend and go to Delaware. So, yeah. Once they said that, I said, "All right, I'll, I'll I'll sign up right now." So I ended up booking it. And as far as like expectations go, uh, I knew that I threw it. I knew I had good distance on my on my throws. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. 
because I, I typically out throw all the other people that I play with. Uh, so I, I felt like I would have at least a fighting chance in the longest fling competition. Mm -hmm. uh, as mm -hmm. far as the tournament play goes, I really didn't know what to expect. Uh, just because I'd only played with the same people every single time. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was pretty pleased. I missed the cut for the for the tournament play for the playoff. I missed it by two strokes. Uh, yeah, yeah, you were right. You um, there were I think were you tied with somebody? I was tied. Were a couple of people that were one. Me and Brandon Hammond were, uh, yeah. I think, tied for seventh. But he had more Reggies mm -hmm. than me, so I guess technically he gets seventh and I get eighth. Mm -hmm. Okay, and uh, let's see, Big Cat was tied with. Uh, with somebody, I think yeah. D-Day maybe, and he had more Reggie's. Yeah, there was um, two people tied at fifth, and then there was one other person ahead of me and Brandon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, which, I mean, it's just super close, and um, uh, I think, you know, speaks really well of, of you and your play. Um, did you get a chance to, um, did you get uh, into town early to get a chance to play a couple of uh, practice rounds? Um, We got in a little bit early, but I did not get to play any practice rounds. Uh. We did go, me and my dad and my uncle, uh, the night before, we went over there and walked the course and just sort of just visually scouted it out. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Talked through like, okay, on this course, you know, I I feel like we want to play it off the tee. We want to be more right than left. And we tried to figure out those things. Mm -hmm. uh, it would have been nice to know a little bit about the greens. It would have been beneficial to have played that practice round. Uh, mm, yeah, I had yeah. several shots. I thought for sure I had put enough air underneath them, and they landed on the green and just kept. They just kept going. So, but oh, I was okay. I was pleased. A couple of missed reggies. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely some uh, some missed reggies. Uh, they just they did not stick. Every time I landed it, well, not every time, but at least 50% of the time when I landed it on the green, it, it was rolling off the backside. Uh, mm. Even on the ones where I thought for sure, like I, I threw that high enough that it should hold mm. on. Um, but I was pleased. I was, I was pleased with the, the result of that because I definitely had no expectation of winning that part of it. So to be that close yeah. to making the cut, I was, I, I was happy with that. Good. Good. How about um, how did that prepare you for uh, for the longest swing the next day? Um, I don't know that it necessarily changed my approach that much. Um, I just knew. Mm, how do I word that? Uh, I don't know that I don't know that the the results of the tournament affected anything as far as the longest swing thing goes. Uh, it did make me feel better about just my overall play. Uh, but yeah. for the longest swing shot championship, I had I'd been having a little bit of knee stiffness, and I just oh. I just told my dad and him I said I said we'll see how those first five throws go. I said as long as I make the cut. Those next five throws, if I have to, you know, put a whole lot into it and end up with a little injury, then so be it. But mm -hmm. I'm going to give it everything <laughs> I got. Fortunately, I, I came away injury-free. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and it was it was your first fling too that that went to. It was. It was my very first one, um, <laughs> and I wish. I hope that that the footage of that throw airs, uh, uh-huh. because I feel I feel like on that first one, I feel like on all the ones after that, because once when they when they said two twenty, I was like, okay, that should be good enough for the cut. I feel yeah. like I started just trying to put as much as I could on it after that, mm-hmm. uh, and so looking back, I wonder if I hadn't thought so much about trying to build up as much momentum with my legs and just focused more on getting the throw to go exactly where I wanted it. Could I have got one out there further? I don't know. Uh, but I, I do hope they have the footage of that one when it airs on ESPN. Cause I want to see, I want to see what I, what I did on that very first throw compared to some mm-hmm. of the other yeah. ones. I'm curious too to see how um, the conditions are going to be able to be represented or not, because mm-hmm. um, there was quite some uh, some biting wind. Oh, absolutely! Um, that day, and it, it was um, it's a nice straightaway, great uh, great hole to uh, to do the um, longest fling on. But um, uh, the crosswinds were not uh, favorable to setting a, um, a fling off distance record that day. No, definitely not. And that that first throw that I made, I mean it. It had the the perfect flight path for the win. I had it started out just enough out to the left, and it landed like just on the inside of the fairway. So it had all the room in the world it needed to get some run out. Uh, I was not able to get one quite back in that same slot uh, with the rest of my throws. Yeah, you remember how you did on those uh, on that hole uh, during the tournament play? Was that a, a comfortable hole for you? Um. <laughs> Actually, uh, I did fine as far as like the play on the hole goes, but my tee shots, my very mm-hmm. first tee shot, uh, if you remember, there was that little rock in a bush right there on the yep. left-hand side just off the fairway. Oh, yeah. uh, I was mm-hmm. in that bush the first time off the tee. Uh, oh, okay. My ball was in it. And then the second <laughs> time around, um, I ended up on the opposite side of the fairway. There was a bunker over there. And mm-hmm. I ended up mm-hmm. just short of that bunker okay. on the right side of the fairway the second time around. Um, but I would definitely say for the longest slingshot championship, I was trying to put more behind it. I wasn't necessarily trying to – with the distance on that hole, uh, I didn't mm-hmm. feel like I had to put everything I had into the tee shot to because mm-hmm. my next shot was still going to be within a range that – I could make it to the green on my second throw. Yeah. And we will be right back after this message from our sponsor. The Future of the Fairway podcast is brought to you by the Virginia Fling Golf Open. Registration is now live. Go to flinggolf.com slash va-flinggolf-open to register and to find out more information. The fl- the Virginia Fling Golf Open is hosted in Harrisonburg and McGackiesville, Virginia, October 22nd through 23rd. One weekend, two courses, individual play, team play, and skills challenge. Early bird rates will save you $75 if you register on or before September 15th. There will be cash prizes for the top three finishers in all three events. Come to the beautiful Shenandoah Valley this fall to test your fling golf game and skills against the top fling golfers in the world. 
be sure you're a part of the inaugural Virginia Fling Golf Open. Follow the link in the episode details for registration, lodging, frequently asked questions, and more. And now, back to the future of the Fairway Podcast. How'd you feel about the um, the shorter par threes? Uh, there's a couple of them that were in the 108, 110, uh, 111 range, um, especially with the, the overhand being your um, <clears throat> your go-to. Um, was uh, was that challenging, or were you is that a, is that a good uh, range for you to be able to, to hit pretty regularly? Um, so it wasn't too bad. It was just a lot more of those than what I typically play with. When I play, if I play by myself, I usually play from the the men's tees on my home course. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. But once they release. And what's the total yardage on that? Oh, I would have to look it up, but I think it's around, I think it's a, somewhere around 6,000 maybe. Okay. All right. Um, but I would have to look it up to know for sure. It's somewhere in the mm-hmm. ballpark mm-hmm. of that. Uh, but. That, that, I mean, that's. That that's quite that's really competitive uh, distance. That's um, uh, quite the. Um, I think that the um, American Classic was around four thousand when you. Yeah, um, I think so. Forty five hundred, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's a uh, good distance which, because mm-hmm. if if it starts to get too long, uh, it becomes just so much more about being able to just absolutely hurl it, hurl it. 200 right, right. plus yards every single time uh which takes some of the finesse out of it uh mm-hmm. but once mm-hmm. they released the scorecard for the classic uh i printed off a copy of it and i would go to my home course and i would play every hole from i figured out like if i start on hole two at my home course and play mm-hmm. it like it's number one at the classic. I could simulate all the distances. Uh, the terrain, the oh, terrain nice. was a little different, but mm-hmm. it, I figured it was at least going to give me a, an idea of okay. So if this hole is like a three ten, this is roughly how much yardage I'm going to have left for my second yeah, shot. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so I did. I wasn't too bad as long as one. The shots that to me get the most trickier when you get inside of a hundred yards, because mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I have, uh, I think Austin, what he call it, the high five. Is that what him and? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, and Jack. Him and Jack, yeah. Uh, uh, so I like that shot, and I know if I choke my grip up on my ballistic all the way to the top of the grip, and do just a normal high five throw. Uh, Mm-hmm. That's going to get me somewhere in the 100 to uh, 110 yard range. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I just I just didn't have much luck with getting those shots to stick on the greens and pick up those reggies. Mm-hmm. I was all over them, but I just didn't hold on to enough of them. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is fun. It's uh, it's, a, it's a fun part of the. Uh challenge sure. um i think and a, a nice uh, a nice wrinkle um, to it so what um so you've you know you i loved uh the global fling off friday uh you had a great crew it looked like uh of y'all playing uh 
um, and uh, and you teeing off wearing the the championship belt uh, was one of my favorite pictures from that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one of my other coworkers was like, "You got to take the belt with you. You got to do something with the belt." And so I was like, "Okay, whatever." So I brought I brought it with us, and we were like, "Okay," we were just sort of brainstorming. What are we going to do with it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then so somebody suggested somebody said something about well let's let's do something and play this song. Uh, it was the the John Cena intro music. Yeah. And I yeah. said okay. I said so why don't we just put the belt on me and when the when the beat drops I'll try to time it up and let let it go right in time with that. Uh, and it ended up working out pretty good. We did it in one take and we liked it. Oh, awesome. <laughs> That was uh, that was great, um, and yeah. Have, so, has that crew that was that uh, a lot of the the core folks that you started playing with, and y'all have just kind of filled out from there? It is. Uh, those four guys are probably the people that they're, they're the ones I play with the most. Um, mm-hmm. Two of them were the ones who I was trying to convince to come with me to the classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, though we play. I play with those guys quite a bit. Yeah, that's great. That's great. What um what do you what are you hoping for next? What uh what would you like to see for uh, to happen with the sport? Um, obviously, I'd like to see it grow as much as possible. I think all of us that are involved with it uh, mm-hmm. share that same sentiment. Um, I don't know. I don't really know what to expect as far as like timeline or anything, like how long to expect for something like that to happen. Mm-hmm. But obviously it would be fantastic to see it, like have its own tour one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Sort of like disc golf does, you know, disc golf, they have a, a pro circuit and all yeah. that stuff. So I feel like it's got to get to that. It, it's got to make it to that point at some, at some point. I have a lot of faith that that'll actually happen. Uh mm-hmm. I just hope it happens uh, while I'm still able to be competitive with it. That would be, that would be the the most ideal situation. (laughs) But either way, as long as it happens at some point, I'll be thrilled. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's exciting to think about, um, uh, about doing that. Um, And uh, it would, yeah, it would be cool. I I don't know that um, I would be good enough to to play on that. Uh, It's definitely something to, uh, to be in the hunt for. Uh, but I think that one of the coolest sentiments uh, I've taken away from just getting to see pe- people face to face was just what a great community mm-hmm. it is. And so for for that to be uh, replicated and to have events where people can get together uh, and be competitive, still be friendly, but uh, you know push each other and uh, and get better and, and see you know what what some of the new things are that could um uh, could emerge um, with this sport is really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. It was a uh... It was a it was a really good environment with everybody there, uh, and I don't know that I necessarily expected it to be as uh, I didn't I didn't necessarily expect it to be what it was, uh, but I think everybody was there and just mm-hmm. so excited about the sport and about the first ever tournament being held, and you know everybody was just there to try to help grow it as much as possible and to just have fun and and fleeing and we will be right back after this message from our sponsor and now back to the future of the fairway podcast 
yeah, it, I, I definitely think that it was, um, I think it would have been exciting uh, regardless of circumstances. I think the presence of getting it filmed yeah. definitely took it up to another level. Absolutely. And that excitement uh, definitely carried through. But um, uh, but yeah, seeing uh, seeing folks that, um, I you know, I joined the, the players group probably about a year ahead of the, of the tournament. Okay. Um, and you know, definitely read a good bit. Didn't didn't contribute too much comments or maybe some posts here and there. But um, it was almost like you know, there's a bunch of folks out there that I felt like I kind of knew. Um, yeah. And then yeah. Uh, to meet people in person was uh, was uh, was really neat. Yeah, I didn't necessarily post a lot in there prior to the tournament either. One of the other guys that I go with, he was the one that would always like take the picture of us if we were liberating mm-hmm. a course or something like that and post it. Uh, but you're spot on with that because I would be like, oh yeah, that's that's Sunny, uh, that's Austin, that's. <laughs> yep. I knew who these people were, even though I'd never had a conversation with them. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, that was kind of cool. It was a very, very close community feel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No doubt. Well, that's good for the game too. People need to see, you know, other kids need to see like, oh, that mm-hmm. kid, that kid plays. I can play. I can play this game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and not only that, I mean, I think that it, there was really a, a great, uh, a great sampling of, uh, of ages, of backgrounds, of, sure. of different folks um, who were who were doing that. I think that that's that was really encouraging and, and uh, maybe even a little bit surprising um, to some extent to see just how um, uh, how many different uh, types of folks are ever played, which is great. I, I think that that's um, one of the um, the great uh, equalizers and another thing that we find so nice about the sport that it's so accessible to everybody. Um, and you can definitely play for fun. Um, but, uh, but there's a, I think there's a a relatively, uh, much easier, uh, path to becoming, uh, really good and competitive with the sport, uh, especially compared to traditional golf or some of the other, other professional ones. I mean, it doesn't mean you don't have to work and, uh, be serious about it and make sure you're, you know, finding the best ways, uh, to putt because that's, uh, that's probably where um, where any money that's going that's to be made is going to be made. Absolutely. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's um, it's um, yeah. I think the only so we we only had the one female there for the classic, right? That participated. Yes, Brett. Um, yeah. uh, Brett Morrison um, was the only one. Yeah, so it would be cool. Yeah, it'd be great uh, to see more, a few more, more females involved with it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> We've um we actually got um. Yeah, um, three or four already pre-registered. Oh, awesome! Um, so about about twenty percent of the um, twenty twenty five percent of the pre-registrants so far this week um, uh, are uh, are uh, women. So um, so yeah, that'd be that'd be great. I think it's uh, it's a great um, a great great thing to uh, to have that. Uh, uh, my <laughs> my seven year old daughter wants to compete. Um, uh, so I I don't know what. Uh, what what events that she would be um she wants to do obviously she wants to do them all but uh you know it's just really cool getting to expose them to um to that weekend and just to to see how friendly everybody was and how encouraging they were and um you know how uh, how yeah it's possible and, and really to for them to to grow up with something like this um is uh is, is really exciting to see what it could uh, what it could be Oh, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. As soon as I saw the post, I was like, oh, man, they're doing another one. This is exciting. (laughs) 
yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad. I, that's that's definitely the uh, the feeling we want uh, we want out there, and um, yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens. I, I think that there's um, uh, hopefully there'll be something uh, in the winter time in a warmer uh, climate that uh, that can be out there. I, I know that there's a bunch of uh, folks in the western U.S. that um, uh, are, are likely itching to have something closer to them, oh, sure. um, which would be which would be great as well. Um, I don't think any of us would be opposed to going to Colorado or California, oh, uh, Arizona to, to try out some of the courses out there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd be down. Uh, yeah, I'd be down. As long as I'm available and able to, I, yeah. I, I would go. Uh, I plan on being there uh, in Virginia in October. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a busy time for me because – that's going to mm-hmm. be that weekend is going to be like two. It's either two or three weeks before my wedding. Uh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Which by the way, congratulations. Thanks. I appreciate um, that. Uh, that's, uh, that's really exciting. It'll be a busy time, but uh, I feel I'm pretty. I mean, it sounds like a bachelor, bachelor hey, party weekend. That's not me. a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> that's not a bad idea at all. You get, you get uh, the plane donated for that, right? <laughs> I should. Uh, that could be uh, his wedding gift to me. Just fly me out there. That's right. Back that's right. Him. That'd be great. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's cool. Well, uh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. That's a uh, a lot to be juggling, but um, uh, but hopefully um, something uh, something that we can that you can make happen. Yeah, I think we'll be able to. Uh, yeah, I I feel pretty confident that we'll be able to to make it work out. Brooks, thanks again so much for joining the podcast today. It was a pleasure and a treat to get to speak with you. Brooks was actually traveling for work when we recorded this back in July, so extra appreciation goes to him uh, for um, taking the call and doing the recording at an even uh, busier time than usual for him. Uh, In the time since we recorded the episode, Brooks has picked up a sponsor, which I want to be sure to let you know about, Yatta Golf. That's Y-A-T-T-A golf.com. They make some incredibly cool-looking polo shirts for both men and women. So be sure to check them out at yattagolf.com. Link is in the description as well. Uh, And also be sure, like we mentioned, uh, to visit the Robert and Janice McNair Education Foundation uh, website and see the difference they're making in the community through the good folks like Brooks and the rest of the team at the foundation. The Future of the Fairway podcast is produced by Adam Copeland, recorded via the Riverside.fm platform, edited and distributed via the Anchor.fm app, and can be accessed wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much again for turning in, and look forward to speaking with you next week uh, when Jack Bovich will be joining us. So until next time, happy flinging.